Hi, Peter Booker here and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guide. Now today, I'm at Fuel Integrated with founder and managing director, Steve Tolton. Hey, Hi, Peter. Steve. Good to see you. Thank you for having us today. So you are part, you are part of our growth story. So it is real business owners, but real stories. So you know, like some of these stories you get where it's, they tell you about the fact that after it's all happened, I've got the Ferrari, I've got the Lamborghini, look how great I am. And everyone looks at it and thinks, wow, that's a fantastic story. But they never talk about the blood, sweat and tears that it actually takes to get success. So really what we're after is the blood, sweat and tears, because that is the inspiration for most entrepreneurs. Because the reality is business isn't easy, business is tough. And sometimes you really do need that inspiration to be able to sort of push through the barriers and make it a success. And I know you've had your challenges over the years. So it'd be good to sort of share with the audience exactly like how you started, why you started, and what the journey's been like. So first and foremost, why did you get into your own business in the first place? Simply because um, I have a passion uh, for communication and education and inspiration. Um, and I could see that was lacking in businesses that were being supported by uh, the agencies that I'd encountered over the years. And you had a, a very successful career working for agencies. You sure it wasn't the fact that you were after the power and the money like most people? Uh, no, not at all. Um, uh, I think people uh, can be somewhat misguided when it comes down to power. Um, without wanting to um, quote Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, you need to think carefully about what you want to do in life. And, and ultimately, if you, if you choose to enjoy what you do, um, then it's not really work. And in terms of uh, executing what you do and love, to be honest, if you're working for somebody else and they're a great employer and a great leader, that's cool. If you have the opportunity to do it for yourself and, and be, uh, bake in those values that you've taken from leaders and bring together a team to um, support you in what you love doing, well then very often you find yourself creating a business like I have. Now a lot of people are in your position, I know quite a few of my friends have been in your position, well they've had that job. They don't want to work for a company anymore, but I suppose they're scared to take the risk to go and work for yourself. Can you remember what that was like originally? Because I mean, that's a total unknown. Um, no, I can't remember what that risk was like um, because really uh, the situation to, from then, from October the 14th, 2014 to right now, the, the situation has re remained the same. Um, there's risk every day. Um, do I remember specifically what the risk was like then? No, I don't. I remember that we had uh, two opportunities which basically founded the business and uh, that was about delivering on a promise and every day since that day has been about delivering that promise. Has there been risk? Well, of course there has. Uh, there's risk of can we deliver this project? Are they going to pay us? Um, is everything going to foul up? But you apply yourself uh, professionally and you get on with it. Um, I wouldn't like to, to be seen as being overly sophisticated in the, in the approach, but it's a heartfelt approach. And yeah, there's risk, but there's also courage and determination. And, um, and if you make it fun as well, it helps you get through the, 
what could be perceived as dark times. You know, you, re you, you remind yourself that um, this, this is fun um, and we have a customer that believes in us and well, that just powers you along. And um, as part of the reason behind the, the, the business name is that you know, all those things that fuel us are born of inspiration, education and, and the living on promises. Now, when you did start, you had quite a young family at the time. Yes. And that's one of the big barriers for a lot of people out there, that actually, because they've got a young family, they don't want to take the risk, but it was quite interesting. As you said before, <clears throat> you didn't necessarily think of it as a risk. You just said, okay, well, there's risk in life, and you just went out and did it. What, you, what do you reckon your biggest challenge was in the early days? There's that old cliche of work-life balance, um, and that ultimately does become compromised, but I think the sooner you realise that um, what you're trying to achieve uh, needs to factor in those that are around you and, and love and depend on you and are sharing that journey with you. It's, it's been tough. Um, you know, uh, my wife uh, and my, effectively my business partner, uh, she's been with me and we've made conscious decisions along the way around what we do. Um, you have to move very, very quickly. You have to be inverted commas, agile, but that also means including those around you in a, in a business of this size on that decision-making process. And having a young family is a challenge, is for a challenge for, for anybody. Um, but I think, um, certainly in my case, I can only speak from my own example, um, it's what powered me. Um, the birth of my daughter in 1988 uh, set me on a course that said, um, uh, I want the best for my family and, um, and those around me. And there's, yeah, I think we can probably put our finger on a number of different trigger points. But having a young family uh, is, is, uh, is a wonderful thing. We have uh, Adam here this week. He's just returned from his paternity leave. He's uh, had a young, young lad. He's his second. Elsie's his first, his daughter. Uh, she's a couple of years old now. And Walter was born uh, two and a half weeks ago. And for me, that's fabulous. What I, what I encourage here is, is the fact that when you have a, uh, a young family, when you have any kind of family commitments, you can't be your best in your professional, in this particular case, creative world, if you're not looking after yourself and looking after those that depend on you and love you. And so people get black marks here, if there's ever a black mark handed out, for being here after 5.30 or after five o'clock, you know, you should be home. If you have got things you need to get done, then get home, do the things, you need to do, and it's not just the five o'clock thing, it's getting home to then go and pick your child up from school and do the, the very necessary things, and then pick up on the calls you might have. We have a lot of international customers. So I encourage um, uh, a culture and an environment here which enables everyone, everybody to fit everything they need to do. Be professional, but also be a great partner to those that love them and, and those they cherish. And that's probably, I'd say, quite rare. Because normally people are out there quite happy to flog people to death. And that doesn't tend to work long term because you don't have that commitment. Yeah. What do you reckon your biggest challenges have been over the years? So you look at the way the business has started and where your business has now become. What do you reckon your big, biggest challenges have been? Biggest challenges, uh, in my experience, and for this particular business, which is 16 years old, um, is people, is 
finding the right people to work with. Uh, and by that I mean not just employ. sure I am an employer, I get that, uh, there's a responsibility there, but it's also uh, developing the right culture. Um, and culture is, is something which has always been dear to me and it's that when I look back, it's always been the one driver for those times when I have been employed around the decisions I make, should I actually stick around? Should I consider my options? Um, uh, and certainly within this business, we have had our challenges over the last two or three years in particular, um, but we have dealt with those and we've learned how to deal with them because it ain't an easy process. Uh, no, no amount of book reading can really cover it off, uh, although books are great for insight, but actually when you're on the ground dealing with it, and as someone that has a, a penchant for being non-confrontational, it, it is a challenge. But um, I would like to, to think, you know, I don't want to dwell on this, but where we are now, we recognise that culture and, and people in, in particular is, the, is one of the biggest challenges in any business. Get that right and you have a business which uh, is very, very powerful in every degree. And I'm glad you said that because a lot of people look at culture and I suppose when they've come from a corporate, they associate culture with being a set of sort of statements on a wall that are there sort of to look really good, but no one really lives by them. Whereas here, you truly do live by your culture. Most definitely, yeah. Um, we have a, a brand book. Uh, it's now two and a half years old. It's both an internal document and an external document. And what I mean by that is we use it for uh, candidate screening um, so that people can see um, how we roll as a business, the things that we believe in and the things we sign up to. Um, and we use it as, as an onboarding tool as well. Uh, but we also share it externally with our customers. There is absolutely no difference, not even a full stop or a comma, between the document that's used internally and externally. And the reason for that is that People buy from people, ultimately, at the end of the day. Um, and it's important for our customers that are making a leap of faith, however confident they are in their abilities and recommendations, they need to understand how we tick, uh, what we stand for, um, the values that we have. And again, it's not just um, mi uh, mission statements and visions and value. Yes, we do have those. We have value propositions. But it's also about how we... Um, uh, how we... Uh, develop ourselves. Um, part of that brand book, and the brand book pivots on the power of three. We apply the power of three to absolutely everything. And when it comes down to culture, that comes down to creativity, service and wellness. We are a creative agency. Um, that's what we do. Everybody in the business, irrespective of the position they have, is creative. Doing great creative is a mark of success of this business. But it's nothing if it's not delivered with great service. Uh, expectation setting, delivering on your promises. Um, just being someone that a customer feels comfortable working with and that they can trust. Over the 16 years, we have been um, able to be profitable the whole of that time. Um, but have we you know, what's the actual currency that we've dealt in? Yes, it's sterling and euros and dollars, but ultimately it's trust. So you can't deal in trust without having a, an excellent service mentality. 
But you can't deliver great service or creativity if you don't look after yourself. So our three cultural values are creative, service, and wellness. Now, wellness isn't just happy, clappy lifestyle. It's about looking after yourself. It's about the environment that we have here. It's making sure that you're um, getting sleep at night, you're not getting stressed. Um, I pay particular attention to wellness out of the three cultural values because it's the one that's closest to my heart. And I know that so many people in this industry are used to being uh, horsewhipped into working late at night and doing pulling rounders and just just you know burnout is gung ho and it's the boorah of the of the marketing industry. That's rubbish. Um, burnout is not something which I want for myself or my people or even for my customers. And and I say my, I'm not one to use that word very often, but they are my people. And I I am a leader. Uh, I am the managing director, I'm the, uh, the I'm listed at you know, company's house and all that, that's all fine. But ultimately, I'm a support act. I look after these guys. Uh, they come to me um, with their issues, but, al but also I look to proactively see what they need. Uh, I use a lot of musical metaphors in the business. I'm very much the tour manager. I'm the guy that's standing in the, in the wings watching my rock stars out on stage performing, wowing the crowd, delivering a great performance, whilst I'm making sure the bus is there to pick them up and move on to the next gig. That's me, I'm a support act, but I'm also a leader. I need to, I need to elicit trust. I don't expect it, I need to elicit um, and respect. People find, that, people find that quite hard though to elicit trust. Yeah, I mean, trust is earned. You know, if you can't be trusted, then you have no currency whatsoever. Um, and you, you shouldn't uh, expect, res expect respect from anybody. Again, it needs to be earned. Um, does that answer your question? Bit of no, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And how important is your culture to your customers? A thousand percent. Absolutely. Do you think your culture is one of your key differentiators compared to your competition, let's say? Uh, yes. I know that culture is, is now the, 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 the top bullet point of most um, marketing uh, organisations' uh, list of priorities, and I, I, I welcome that. Um, why? Because it's the right thing. It also uh, gives me more opportunity to find more um, like-minded candidates, because I'm not um, averse to... Uh, seeking out people that I feel will be a great fit for this business and for, for the customers that we, we service and support. How much have you had to change over the years to be able to A, grow the business, but B, attract the right candidates? Wow. Um, well, I certainly wasn't born like this. I don't think anybody is. Um, but I, I do think that um, you, you, take, you take what you... Every day you take what you learn and you, you build it. And I'm not trying to pitch myself up as some kind of saint here. All I'm trying to do is the right thing. Um, have I changed a lot? Absolutely. I've become more courageous. I can think back now of all those opportunities where I think if I just stuck my hand up a bit higher, I might have actually been in a frame for a particular project. Um, I don't regret that, but I, I look upon it and I think, well, you know, that's, I, look at what I'm doing now and... I wouldn't say boo to a goose, they say 30 years ago. 
But now, uh, I'm not saying I've turned into some kind of arrogant marketing animal, because I haven't, you know. Um, I'm still very much a, a background guy. Um, but yeah, I certainly have changed a lot, hopefully for the better. You'd have to ask those around me for a more accurate response. Maybe we'll do that. The other thing that's really fascinating, I mean, you have been a reader, so you do sort of indulge in business books and education. Mm. How pivotal has that been towards your ability to scale your business? Well, the reading. The, the reading, yep. yeah. And learning. It's been fundamental. Um, you know, for full disclosure, we've known each other for getting on for 12 years now. And um, I've always been an avid reader, not novels, mostly um, uh, factual stuff. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've read the occasional book before you and I met, but certainly um, it is a is an important facet of your everyday that you should focus more on. And I know, like with a lot of entrepreneurs out there, there is a little bit of resistance to reading, whether or not they've had a bad innings at school. What advice would you give to the people tuning in today, if it's to do with their education? Mm. And actually, because it's all well me saying it, but actually, as the person has been there, said it and done it, yeah. what advice would you give? I think reading comes into a mindset that we, we owe ourselves to pay more attention to, and that is education. Now, you could go into all sorts of political debates around that, whether it's um, my decision to go off travelling for three weeks when I was 17. Is that an, educa is that an educative uh, activity? For me, I came back a completely transformed 17-year-old. I'd seen most of Europe um, by train, you know, doing the, the classic interrail thing. That transformed me. When I've met individuals, they have had uh, an, a, a transformative effect on me. You know, there's that, that saying, if you keep on doing the stuff you're doing, you're always going to end up with the same results. It's amazing if you... Any, any kind of experience is going to have a transformative effect on you. It's also going to have a negative effect on you. And you obviously, you tend to steer away from those. But when it comes down to reading, I do see that, you know, one of the things I struggle with with my team here is, is encouraging them to, to read more. And is that time? Is that mindset? Is that the fact that they're genuinely interested? They are. Um, but I think um, you should take time to read or listen to books. Um, I know that all the, the books that I've written, sorry, uh, read rather, um, like Tony, Tony Bazan's um, uh, brainstorming books were some of the earliest ones that I read. And of course, there's all the, you know, the Malcolm Gladwells and all of those and the Seth Godin's and, um, you know, and the books that you've shared with me on Gazelles. Um, yeah, I can't, if you went to any of those books now, you'd find that most of the backs aren't particularly broken that badly. I'm a magpie reader. I'll read the cover and I'll read the, 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 the frontispiece and I'll, then I'll, I'll go straight to the middle and I'll go to the back and I'll go to the front and I'll put uh, post-it notes in. But I guarantee that even if you adopt my rather chaotic approach to reading, which suits me, you will find something and it will have a, a demonstrable difference on what you next do in your next business engagement or your next team meeting or your... Whatever you do, um, you shouldn't pass it up. And education doesn't call out a failing. Education adds, it never detracts. What's interesting is the challenge you face with getting some of your sort of 
the people that work within the business to read is probably the challenge a lot of people face. But actually, when you think about the fact that we've transitioned out of the industrial age into the knowledge worker age, I think people have got to get used to the fact that the more that they learn, the more value they can bring to the business. Mm. And therefore, we need to sort of move away from recompensing people based on how hard they work, mm. but rather let's, let's recompense them based on the value they add to the business. Because yeah. that's ultimately a win-win for everyone. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I encourage uh, our team to have two hours of personal development time every week. Um, they are encouraged to attend uh, off-site seminars. Um, uh, we've recently joined the British in in Interactive Media Association, BEMA. There's uh, lunch and learns and breakfasts, and uh, our strategic team goes on those. Um, I encourage all of my, uh, my people uh, to take what opportunities they have. I must admit they don't all necessarily take it up, but it's there and we actively encourage and we have one-to-ones and performance reviews that take in a number of uh, you know, pr- prism objectives for, for, the, for the month and for the quarter around objectives that include learning. And, um, and by and large, people do deliver on the objectives that they've set themselves, but they certainly are encouraged to, to read, to absorb uh, and to grow. Um, and um, with our, our management team, which is uh, coming online, um, our new management team coming online from, from people within the business, um, education is actually part of the role description for that manage, management team's uh, functionality. If you were to actually sell your business, because that's what a lot of people do, they get rid of the business, and you were to start again, what would be the top three things you would bring into your business, knowing what you know today and knowing what you've learned from all those years, 16 years of experience? Okay. Um, certainly, I would pay greater attention to who I originally jumped into bed with as, as co-directors of Fuel. Um, probably not be so, so trusting. Um, not to say that it was a horrible experience, but it didn't, it didn't end particularly well, but we dealt with it and uh, the business moved forward. Um, we started, as I mentioned before, back in 2004 with a, with a brand book of, of values to, uh, to, to move around. There were words in there like integrity and relentless and never stop, which to be fair are still part of our, whilst they're not part of our brand book today, they certainly um, typify the brand. Um, but what I would add into that would to bring more people cultural alignment things um, into that book in order to help it scale faster for, for the business itself to be attractive to, to talent, uh, to basically carve out the roles and, and fill them, and fill them successfully so you attract uh, reach and retain folks. Not that we've had it that much of an issue with, with losing people as we've grown, but there's, there's the natural cycle. So bringing in those cultural values, and I can say that now because I can, yeah, I understand how cultural aspects are really important. It's the glue in the business. And then thirdly, um, I met you in 2009. Um, we met at uh, a BNI event. I was very much taken about the way you dealt with people directly, certainly business owners. Many business owners w- attended those sessions. And um, 
I would say to myself starting the business is seek the advice of a coach as soon as you can because you've got the, your head in the engine room. I know it's a cliche and you can't see the wood for the trees and you do need, you do need more than just a voice in the ear. You do need someone that you can uh, work with that understands where you're heading, understands the, the steps that you're taking, the risks and rewards, because it is tricky. And so many businesses don't make it past maybe the first year, 18 months, and make, make it past that, um, that five-year mark um, where they've grown from one or two individuals, very often just one individual being the chief cook, bottle washer, and so on, to actually architecting a business which goes beyond just what they can do themselves and do well. You know, there are so many great creatives that can't run a bank account, don't know anything about, you know, incorporating a business, don't know anything about customer service, don't know anything about emotional dollars, um, don't know anything about all the things that were done by other people when perhaps they were employed, in this particular instance, in a creative business that they didn't actually fully appreciate. And uh, it's one thing doing what you love, but there's also all the other things. So making sense of that is the role of a coach to say, do you know what, you're great and it's all fine, but we need to look at these particular things and they aren't issues or failings. It's one of um, engineering and calibration. And you know, thank you for that, Steve, because I think this is a really great example of how you build a business on really strong people and really strong core values. And the reality is, unless you've got your core values truly defined, it's very difficult, as you said earlier, to attract the right talent in the business in the first place. Mm -hmm. So was, I'm really glad that you shared that. It's been a really in interesting journey. I'd wish more businesses would be as people-centric as you are because it is all about the people and it's mm -hmm. not about being the fake about the people. Yeah. It's about being real about the people. And I think you've, you're a credit. You've actually demonstrated that you can run a great profitable business, but at the same time, truly care about your people. Most so I very much appreciate your time today. Thank you very Thank much. Thank And hopefully our listeners in today, they've had a lot of good tips. They've had some really great value. And as you said, it's up to people now to take that on board and make the change. Yeah. Thank you.